Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. Thank you for joining me today on the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I have this amazing guest, Rob Ekno. He is a seasoned TV and radio host, producer, speaker, Associated Press Award-winning reporter, Alaskan adventurer, and a multi-nominated author. Rob has gone from a life of addiction and homelessness to celebrating more than 30 years of sobriety. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Rob, for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Tiffany. Great to be here. I'm really excited to delve into your story because it is anointed, right? It is anointed by God. And I could just tell that from the first moment that we met. Uh, So if you would, by all means, share with our listeners your backstory of homelessness and hopelessness. Yes. Well, I grew up in uh, Rhode Island and um, I uh, got into high school and we started a, uh, we raised eighteen thousand dollars and started a uh, one of the first fifty uh, high school radio stations in America. It's still going today, and a lot of people have had great careers from it. Got into more of the broadcasting business and stuff, and then all of a sudden, I started getting into drinking a little bit extra. And then somebody introduced me to cocaine, and the next thing you know, I was homeless and living out of the Greyhound bus station in Fort Lauderdale. So uh, yeah, it uh, it was a uh, it was kind of a slow demise, but once it got there, it was uh, it was it was pretty good. One of the one of the funny stories about that is my claim to fame. I joke in my uh, recovery meetings that I go to wherever they are, Alaska, Hollywood, wherever they may be, um, is that my claim to fame is I was actually the main model for the biggest hair uh, company importer in America who uh, supplied all the hair clubs and all that. And I was their main model. So here was I was this homeless guy. They didn't know I was homeless. <laughs> Uh, but it, they selected me as the model, and uh, they had the guy Jose Eber come down from Beverly Hills to Fort Lauderdale and show my head in front of like thousands of stylists. And there I was, you know, my uh, my ego at the time was still so big. There I was, homeless, had lost my career, lost my home, lost my house. And the biggest thing I was worried about, Tiffany, was what was I looking like while I was walking the streets of Fort Lauderdale every day? Who might see me and who might say, whoa, hey, what's going on here? You don't look too good. So the biggest thing I had was worried about the the hair on my head. Pretty sad, right? (laughs) So what did your hair look like? Because right now you don't have any. So what did that look like? So as the story goes on, and uh, and this is the book that we're talking about today, in one of the chapters, it talks about that whole story and the fact that um, one day I was 10 years sober. I fast forward, I get 10 years sober, and now I'm living out here in Hollywood, and a gal asked me to go to lunch, help her out with something, 
And I had been working on TV as a TV shopping host, selling jewelry and gemstones and coins on some of the uh, TV shopping networks you've seen across America. Mm -hmm. And so I had this, you know, here I'm ahead because I thought I had to look like the world expected me to look. Mm. Now, I have no clue (laughs) what that is, but I just thought it wasn't bald, right? And so I thought I had to have some hair on my head. So, you know, I spent 45 minutes every day for almost 15 years of being on TV like that, sitting in my mirror, trying to make this fake thing look real, right? And uh, it was interesting. So one Monday at 10 years sober, this gal asked me to help her with some issue with her husband. We had lunch, bring her back to my apartment. I said, can you help me out with something? And it was stuck on with, with a clip, a metal clip on either side side a metal clip in the back and a little piece of double-sided tape in the front and I went into my I went into my bathroom I said hang out here I come out and I put my hands around the side of my head like this and she goes oh my god I never knew and uh she said why don't you just shave it off you know literally we walked across the street we went to this little hole in the wall barber shop you know it still had the little thing running around the outside oh and I told the guy I said I just want to just want to take it off so technically, on Monday night, when this happened, I went on national TV with supposedly a full head of hair. Tuesday night, I walked into the studio looking like this. So the funny part of the story is when I shaved it off, right, when I had it shaved off, the guy at the barbershop, so this was all really white now, right, because my face was tan, but this had always... So <laughs> Now I call my friend before I go on TV. I call my friend Melissa. God bless her soul. She's up in uh, she's up in heaven now. But she had me come over and she put tanning bronzer on my head. So we're sitting there like an hour before I go on national TV trying to bronze my head so there wasn't too much of a mismatch going on with uh, with all of that. So what wow. happened was I walked into the studio studio in Glendale, California, just a little bit north of LA. And um, so anyways, I walk in and, the, and all the phone bank operators are there. There's like 20 of them or something. And they all like, whoa. And so I don't know if they were like, who is this guy? Or look what happened to Rob, one or the other. But all of a sudden, so my, my partner who's on TV at the time when I was coming up after him, he said, ladies and gentlemen across America, you're about to see something you have never seen before. And I'm going home. <laughs> Right. So he he walks off and I just walk slowly in front of the camera and I just stand there like this. And as I stood there like that, Tiffany, not only did the phone lines go bananas with people going, my God, you look so amazing. Why didn't you just do that before? And even the owner's wife called up. It felt like the entire weight of the world had fallen off of me. Because it was at that moment in time, for the first time in my life, that I realized that God had created me as special as every other human being, just the way I was. Mm. I didn't need wigs or fancy things. It didn't matter the size of my car or house or bank account. He was good with me just being comfortable in the skin that he gave me to live in. Amen. (laughs) And I just stood there for like a minute. And that was 20 years ago, as I had 10 years sober at the time, and I recently turned 30. So that was 20 years ago. 
So it took me 10 years of sobriety and working this program with sponsors and doing the steps and all of this work to get to a point to realize that God had created me and you and everybody equally as special. And it wasn't about our stuff. It was about our hearts. And where were we going on our journey? So that is the story of the uh, of why I am a bald man today. And I tell you, because if you read the Bible, right, it talks about the fact that God says, I know the number of hairs on your head. Well, let me tell you what. He knew that Rob here was going to be a lot of trouble in his life. So he didn't put much up there because he didn't want to spend all day counting Rob's hairs. He knew that he was going to help Rob with so many other problems in his life. <laughs> I love it. So, you, you know, you mentioned something, how you had this perception that... Mm-hmm people were thinking a certain way about you and a lot of us do that but the reality is none of us has a crystal ball we don't really know what other people are actually thinking that's actually coming from us that comes from whatever insecurities we have that may have come from how we were raised maybe if we were bullied um there's a slew of things would you agree to that Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I focus every day. So now and I had it, by the way, I had a back and forth relationship. Once I found God at that point, I I, I ended up having a really bad experience with a pastor at a church. I ran away from a church and and my ex-wife, she got me back to the church. You know, everybody has a purpose in our life. Right. Some people are there for 30 seconds, but we learn the biggest lesson. Right. You know, and um, and 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 I will tell you, here's so here's a pastor at a church I used to went to, I just talked to on Saturday and he, he wrote a, uh, um, for my next book that's coming out, uh, in a month or so, um, he wrote a thing. He said, such a great story God is writing and he's letting you be his co-writer. Keep mm. writing great chapters, Rob. And it's like, so I got, a, you know, I know at the end we try to inspire people, but I, it, now I can do something as well because I looked at a report card from high school uh, recently, which was a lot of years ago, <laughs> but I got a D in English, right? I don't know, semicolons <laughs> and commas and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, God asked me to write books. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, what are you talking about? I don't even know where a comma goes and a semicolon and parentheses. And all. He says, Rob, I just need you to write the stories down that I gave you. I have copywriters and proofreaders and cover designers. I don't need you to do any of that. (laughs) I just need you to do your part, right? And that's what each of us every day, he gave you a voice and an ability to chat and, 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 and get into people's minds in a good way to help them and inspire them and encourage them. And so he said, Tiffany, I need you to do a podcast, right? So Rob, I need you to, we all have something no matter we were the homeless guy like Rob or wherever we were born into millions. We all have a purpose. And in God's eyes, we're all equally as special. Just because somebody has financial success or material success, God's not sitting there going, oh, yeah, I just love that guy because he's got so much stuff. And God's like, I have everything in the world and I can give it to anybody. But certainly. People I don't want to give stuff to because the more I give them, the more they're going to stay attached to their stuff. And I need them to stay attached to me. 
everything good that has happened in the last 10 years. So I was, I was married to a, a woman and she went in a different direction in her life 10 years ago. And, um, you know, so that was a, a great time in my life. She had two wonderful children and I got to, you know, take part in their lives. So that was a wonderful time. But I literally left there with like a hundred dollars to my name going, what do I do now? And God said, you got me and you're still sober. And a year later, I answered an ad in Hollywood on one of the casting sites, and they were looking for a jewelry salesman in Juneau, Alaska for the summer. It came with a free place to stay, a salary commission, a round-trip ticket from LAX. Wow. Everything was paid. And I got up there, and the guys and the, and the owner of the company wasn't as upfront when I got there as he was on the job interview. So after a month, I ended up leaving. And, and I told people in, in town that I was going to leave in my recovery meetings in this big, tall gold prospector. So you can picture him, right? His name was Robert. He's like six foot five. I'm only like five foot. I'm only five foot nine. Robert's got the big, long beard, the, the suspenders, the flannel shirt, you know, the boots, the whole ball of wax. <laughs> he was a gold prospector, right? And he pokes me in the chest and he says, you're not leaving this town. He said, God used the devil's money to get you up here for much greater purposes in life. Wow. And, and that was 2014. And now I am about to publish my fourth book. And these are all from experiences that God gave me to share with people. And then I have four more already ready to go. And they're all God's stories. And he just asked me to write them down. And then he's given me uh, proofreaders, editors, copywriters, amazing cover designer, somebody who did my last audio book. They have all blessed me because the Bible says if God puts a good work in you, he will give you everything you need to complete it. You just got to say yes, right? Because right? some people don't listen. They'll, God will give somebody a, a mission, right, if you will. And if somebody doesn't listen, then they're going to be stuck. But you said yes. I think that's a really important part. You said, okay. I, you probably didn't even understand how this was going to map out, right? But you were like, I, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I'm going to do this. You did it. And like you said, he blessed you with everything you need. I just, I love that part about your story. Well, it's all about, it's all about, do you trust or not, right? It's all yeah. about, you know, faith, like Pastor Dane said, you know, God using you as his code writer. He gave me the stories, Right. And my previous book uh, that I have out is, is it God or coincidence? That book just got written into a faith-based film script. Right. And that all came about as a miraculous event as well. This particular book here, my latest cruising toward heaven, that one right now, uh, there's a partner and, and I are in the process of putting together another faith-based film script. And in the next week or so, I'm going to be, uh, I've got a very nice role in a, faith-based film with uh, Dean Kane, the guy that played Superman and uh, Eddie yeah. McClintock from Warehouse 13 on the sci-fi channel. And so God bless me with the, uh, with some incredible, wonderful people, directors and all of that. So it's clear as my, one of my proof editors on my book says, Rob, if you don't know your purpose in life, then you're the only person on this planet that doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, everybody can, everybody can see it. And, and you made a, you made a, a great point a, a moment ago of we all have, you know, we all have something, we all have value, we all have something to do. And we only have two jobs in life, right? We have our job is to encourage and inspire each other, right? So when somebody's down and out, 
And, and, and I'll give you an example. I'm, I'm starting a YouTube channel called uh, Blessed Encounters. And everywhere I go, Tiffany, I simply, if I see somebody, whether they're homeless or not, the other day I was walking my dog, I run into a guy, he's got a bunch of cats in his front yard, I happen to feed stray cats, we get into a great conversation. I mean, so, but the point is, 73%, because I was homeless, 73% of homeless people only hear their name said to them once every three months. Now, can you imagine if I said to you today, Tiffany, and somebody else said so your name and somebody else, and then all of a sudden you don't hear your name for another year? Wow. Or, and I'll tell you the impact of this. So, so how I'm getting these encounters, and all I'm doing is taking my cell phone and just, I see somebody, I'm like, hey, can I talk to you for like three minutes? This is a great story. And I'm going to start sharing this because I want people to start simply saying hi to another human being. You know how we're walking down the street and, and you got you coming towards me and me coming to you. And, and one of us is thinking, I'm going to say hi to this person. The other one's thinking, okay, when am I going to turn my head away at the right moment? <laughs> right? You see, yes. you laugh because you can relate, right? We say that in my recovery meetings every time. I always says, say hi. I'm yes. the hi person. <laughs> well, I had this greatest thing happen just a couple of days ago. I went into one of the stores here. In, in, I'm down in L.A. at the moment before I leave in a week or so. But uh, anyways, um, I, I said hi to a homeless guy sitting outside. And, and then I said, how you doing? And I said, my name is Rob. I said, what is your first name? And he says, Steve. Now, my look kind of people think that I'm a cop or something. So a lot of times that's the kind of roles I get, right? I'm, I'm playing a sadistic killer in this faith-based film of all things. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so anyway, and the sad part is, is the director, she wrote me a wonderful email and said, you are the perfect guy for this role. <laughs> Great. I don't know if that's good, good or bad or right? different. But, you know. but, but so I said hi to this guy, Steve. And, and I said, well, do you want something to eat? I'm going into this store. You want something? He said, yeah, just, you know, anything. And I said, well, you must like something specific, right? He goes, well, some cold cuts or some burritos or something. And I'm like, okay, great. So I go in, I find this stuff. I come back out and I said, here you go, Steve. You have a blessed night and say hi to your wife too. I don't, he said he had a wife in the tent down the street, right? And he go, and all of a sudden he's just said, thank you, Rob. I appreciate that. This homeless guy remembered my name. And I got to tell you, Tiffany, I just froze. Because I say hi to them all the time and I get their name and I bless them and stuff. But nobody ever remembers my name because they've got people coming in loud. They're looking in their bag to see if they got an extra dollar, whatever. Right. And he looks at me and he goes, it is Rob, right? Your name is Rob, right? And I'm like, yes, Steve, it is. And God gave me the opportunity to really remember where I was 30 years ago living on the street mm. and how sad it is that these people are so overlooked, right? Because that's one of the biggest crises we have in, in the... And, 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 and what people do is they get all angry because they see the news and people are doing crazy things on the sidewalk and they're pooping and peeing and doing all this stuff. But everybody forgets that those people, every one of them is a child of God. And not one of them grew up going, boy, I can't wait till the day I get to poop all over the sidewalk and be homeless and, and beg people sure. for money for food. But every one of those people is somebody's son and somebody's daughter. Right. And the only time people really care about it, except to say something negative, it's when the, their own son and their own daughter's out there. Mm -hmm. And you know what? 
it's the same thing as think about all the prisons. They talk about all the prisons overcrowding, but yet you ask every mom in America, oh, my son would never do that. My daughter would never do that. Well, somebody's did. <laughs> and so the point is, is that these people that are out there, they didn't ask to be out there, most of them. There's some now that are choosing to do that, but most. And so by simply saying hi, to another human being. And again, you got to be safe and stuff like that too. Right. You know, you got to pay attention. Jesus gives us wisdom too, right? Do you know, and a, and a gut feeling. But when somebody's sitting right in front of the store, you know, to just say what is your first name and shake their hand and wish them a blessed day. And when Steve said that to me the other day, I was just like, I almost fell over. And I'm like, God, how sad it is the life they have and how blessed is Rob and Tiffany that we get to sit here with a computer in front of us, with internet service, with clean clothes on, having showered this morning, probably having food to eat, you know, and stuff today. And, and we're not one of them. And so this book, Cruising Toward Heaven, is actually my life's journey from where I was in the broadcasting career back east to being homeless and all my near-death situations. I mean, when you read this book, you're like, how did this guy ever survive? And, and you know, the other a couple weeks ago when the book came out, I had uh, somebody, somebody uh, wrote me and out of the blue, it was actually my old teacher from high school. And he said, Rob, just finished cruising toward heaven. What a story. That book, which is this one here, is going to save somebody's life. That was his review that he put up there. Yes. He said that you need to get this one out there. And so, you know, as you know, you're doing a podcast for some reason. There's a message that somebody out there in YouTube world, whatever, all of the different platforms that you're on needs to hear something either from your guest or you. But you're the you're the guiding force to get it out there. The voice that got. And by the way, when I sit down to write, just because <laughs> I don't know, periods ago, I, I told you this on our interview. I sit down and then I go, Lord. Please give me the words that you want me to write in this book to honor and glorify you. And I ask you this. Mm -hmm. And that's and then my fingers just go. So whatever words come out of here. And it's the same thing when I go to a recovery meeting. The other day I went to a meet. I got asked to share at the last minute somewhere uh, in Hollywood. And, and I got done sharing. And this guy comes up to me. I never, never met him in my life. Never been to this meeting. And this guy walks up to me and he shakes my hand. He goes, you make me want to stay sober. Wow. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, because I asked him while I was sitting in my car before I walked in the building for the words and the stories he wanted me to share that day. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's always it's always him guiding me, you, anybody who wants to trust that he's got us covered, even when we're getting kicked in the groin and banged over the head and stomped on the ground. You know, I mean, because we all go through those things. But mm -hmm. then if I if I check out the Bible and by the way, I'm no theologian, but I just have picked up enough stuff. You know, God says all of those trials and tribulations are to be considered blessings because they bring us closer to him if we choose to do that. Yes, sir. I agree. Or we can just oh, we can just get really angry and say, forget it all. You know, I'm just going to hate the world. But we only have one life. So why would we want to waste it away? you know, not doing this. And I got the greatest compliment. And again, this is all God, my 12 step program, because the 11th step is sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. So I pray every day for him to do uh, his will. And how do I get to be a maximum service to him and my fellows? 
right? Mm -hmm. Today, it's being on your podcast, being on time, coming professionally dressed, being ready to go, having given you everything you need ahead of time, right? These are very important things because many people just like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll just show up, you know. But <laughs> point, And then I asked him, Lord, please give me the words and the stories you want me to share on Tiffany's podcast today, right? And uh, so the other day, I go to a memorial service, and I'm leaving there, and the owner of this company grabs me and he says, hey, man, I just want to tell you, he says, the great thing about you, he said, every room you walk out of, you leave an amazing energy behind. And I was just like, well, it's all God, right? I walk into the room with God. I leave the room with God, but I leave God behind as well. And so when he said that to me, I was just like blown away. I mean, like between the guy telling me he wants to stay so... And it's all just my choosing. I share this in my, my recovery meetings because a lot of people just go in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the meeting. I'm telling you how cool I am and blah, blah, blah. They don't, really, but they don't really do the work, right? Many do, but a good portion do. And, and I really work it. And, and, and so my point is it's paying off. The work is paying off, right? We, there's no magic pill. When you're homeless... <laughs> Here's the magic pill, Lord Jesus, just, just make me better again. Give me a million dollars and give me a nice home and give me some clean clothes, then I'm good. True. No, as you will read in the as you will read in this book, this is all stories of me learning very valuable lessons of being ungrateful. Um, and in here, the greatest story is this. I stole two dollars from Jesus when I was 10 years old. When I was the acolyte at a uh, Episcopal church in Rhode Island, I just wanted something at the convenience store one day. I was the acolyte, and I'm like, I don't have any money. Oh, there's money in the little the collection plate. <laughs> Anyways, I ended up drinking a few years later. My drinking career started for 17 years. I got 28 days sober. I was still homeless, but a friend let me borrow his truck on Christmas Eve night of 1992, because I had gotten sober on November 29th after being arrested. Went in there and I had $5 in my pocket and I threw it in the collection plate. And I said, I don't know what interest is, Lord, on uh, on 23 years, $2, but I'm giving it to you all. You know what? I've never drank since. Wow. How powerful so, is that? I'm just guessing that God was, it, it wasn't about how much money I put in the plate. It was that I was concerned about making things right between me and him. So and, is that the pivotal moment? Because I was going to ask you that because I'm thinking about the people that might be listening that are maybe in that space. Maybe they're homeless, maybe they're not. But the drinking part, the people, that person that they know that they have a problem with alcohol and that they run to it and they use it to drown their sorrows, that person... Yes. Um, I'm thinking about that person who's listening. I don't know if this is, you know, I don't know where this is coming from. Probably, obviously, probably from God. But I just feel like if there's somebody listening that's in that position, um, what's something that you could say to them that would help inspire them to take action, to want to reach out? Because I agree with you. You can wish these things all day, but unless you take that first step, nothing will change unless you make a change. So what would you say to that person who's just like, uh, I don't know? Yeah. So the thing they talk about in recovery is making a decision. And I share it's wonderful to make decisions, but it's not until we take the action that we get the results. 
right? I can decide all day long to ask that girl out for a date on Saturday night, but then I'm sitting home alone on Saturday night. Somebody calls and says, why are you sitting home alone? I thought you decided to ask that girl out. Well, I did. I, I'll be asking her out. I made the decision, but I never did. It's the same thing about recovery too, right? So the biggest thing that I have found, I, I'll, if I can share this quickly, this, this, this will give you an idea of what it, people need somebody to listen to them. One of the things I've developed over the years is a very good ear. And what I do, if you came to me right now, Tiffany, as I'm going through all, I say, Tiffany, you know what? Let's grab a bottle of water. Let's go sit at the park and just tell me who you are. And, you know, I do this and people go on for three, four hours and I just sit and listen. And when they get done, they're like, oh, my God. I'm a whole new person just doing this. I feel so much relief. And now I want to move on and do this. And I'll give you a very quick example here. So I'm in Juneau, Alaska. A few years back, I meet a young man at a recovery meeting at five o'clock on a Tuesday. doesn't matter what day. But anyway, so Wednesday now he comes down and I'm on the docks just doing a little personal video. camera. He goes, hey, man, I really need to talk to you. And I said, yeah, man. I said, it's eight o'clock at night. I said, you know, I'm, I'm like dead. I can't even stand up. I'm like, dude, I really need to talk to you. All of a sudden, I hear in my head, God says, Rob, weren't you the guy on your knees earlier today asking me how you could be of maximum service to me and your fellows? And as far as I know, eight o'clock tonight is still today. And this man is in great pain and you might be a little tired, but he needs you. Mm. Curious Lord, where's this coming from? So I look at the guy and I say, look, dude, I'll just go put my camera equipment up in my, my place I had. I'll walk you over. We'll get a pizza. Anyways, he shares with me for an hour and a half. And then the place we were talking at got crowded. We ended up for another two and a half hours of him just sharing his life story. Four hours. Wow. Gives me a hug, tells me he loves me. Mind this is the second day he's met me in his whole life. But I was willing to listen. I was being, I was willing to be that vehicle of God that just listened, didn't judge, just said, tell me more. You know, I understand. A year later, I see him again. That was the first time I saw him. I decided to take a, a, a bus downtown Juno. It's it's a lot different than any major city. It's just like it's, it's nothing. So I get on there, and all of a sudden I see this guy with a white shirt, a tie, and a haircut. And I'm like, isn't that the dude that told me? And before I could say it, he goes, Rob. And I said, it is you. I said, what are you doing with all this sport coat and tie? And he goes, oh, he goes, I've been sober for the last year since we had our talk. And now I'm on the board of directors at a new sober living home that just opened up over here on the east side of Juneau. And I'm going to my board of directors meeting. And here's the real big thing, Tiffany. The biggest thing that was bothering him was he had a four-year-old daughter that he'd never seen any, any day oh. in his life. And she was living in California and the girlfriend didn't want this drunken drug addict right. any other daughter, right? Right. Every picture you see on Facebook right now is him and his daughter. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and it all, so my point, when you say, what would, could somebody do? Find somebody that you can just go have a conversation with and share your heart and don't give them any shucking and jiving and all this stuff. Just get it out of you. God already knows what you did. You already know what you did. You ain't changed in the past. But you can have a really awesome future if you get rid of all the garbage inside of you and let the sunlight of the universe. You could even shave your head and just have nothing between you and God. But 
Yeah. A good antenna, a stronger antenna. That's, that's my that's my thing. So yes, so the key to success is, is is just finding somebody. I don't care if it's a I don't care if it's a homeless person. I don't care if you're homeless and whoever, right? And in my last book, there's a story. There's three stories of me and and, and amazing stuff on, and these are both on uh, Amazon. Is it God or coincidence or cruising toward heaven? But this one here, I'll, I'll, I'll end you with this one because I think your audience can really appreciate this. This is going to blow your mind. So, again, I meet another guy. He's an old gang member, or probably still was, doesn't matter, from South Central L.A. He was up in Juneau trying to get sober. Big, rough, you know, looked like he played fullback for the you know Patriots or Giants, whatever your favorite football team is. Anyways, meet him. Two weeks prior, gave him my phone number, gave him a hug, said, if you, I can help you with your sobriety, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, he's walking down the main street at two o'clock in the afternoon. Now, mind you, in Juneau in April, there's hardly any cars because there's no tourists. It's like a ghost town. When anyway, I happen to see him. He's stumbling and bumbling. He's got three friends with him. I jump in the road like, dude, what are you doing? And I could tell he was wasted. I'm like, God has such a bigger plan for you in your life. And his three friends look at me like, dude, he's just going to wail on you in about two seconds. And I, and I knew that I have never lost an argument. And I don't argue with people, but I've never had anybody say anything negative by sharing that God wants something better for them in their life. People freeze and they, they listen, right? Anyways, he looks at me. He stepped forward. He gives me a big hug and says, thank you. He steps back. He pulls up the sleeve on his winter jacket and he had cut his wrist three times from his wrist to his elbow an hour before he met me. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but if, if you cut yourself across this way, it's like you're trying to get attention. And if you do it this way, you're actually really trying to kill yourself. And then I really got in his face. You know, I'm this little guy, he's this big bulldog, <laughs> right? And, 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 and it's like, and I had no fear because God was with me, yes. right? And I, and I got into his face, you know, God has a better purpose. All of a sudden he reaches in his pocket, Tiffany, and he just calmly hands me the bloody knife that he tried to kill himself with. I took it from him, not realizing what it was at the second he took it out. He steps forward again, hugs me, says, I love you, and walks away with him and his uh, three-person posse. Called Juno a year later. He was still alive and well. Wow. And so the point is, if if you're a, a, a person who maybe has a, a gift to offer, which we all do, like just saying hi to somebody. Yeah. Please do it. And if you're somebody in pain and misery and suffering right now, please dig down and just ask the Lord, even if you don't believe in him. This is his this is his chance to rally and show you that he is exactly who he tells you he is, somebody that created you in his image, no matter how far down whether you're living on the street whether you are the whether you are the guy at the top of the hill, right? Because 10, 20 years ago, I shared at a meeting. I got asked to share at a meeting in Hollywood, and after the meeting, the president of one of the top networks in Hollywood, right? Guy that's got million dollar salaries, three Mercedes in the driveway, house in the Hollywood Hills, the whole ball. He comes up to me and he says, "Young man, I want what you have." So you want what I have? I said, I have a little apartment over here near Warner Brothers, a little old used car. I'm trying to make a name for myself as an actor. 
I said, you got the house in the hills, the multi-million dollar salary, all the power on planet Earth. He said, but you have peace. And I've never had peace. <laughs> so at 20 years sober, I drank again. I went out. I've been out for five years. I just got back. That's why I took my 30-day chip today. And 30 days ago, I took my girlfriend. We went up to Mulholland Drive to uh, my drug dealers. I put a gun in her purse. And I said, if I reach for this, honey, hit the floor because I'm going to kill this guy. Oh my God. And this is a guy that had everything under the sun you could imagine. So it's not about having stuff. Right. It's about becoming comfortable with the person that God created us to be and knowing that we all have an amazingly special purpose. No matter whether we're the janitor or the president, we can have an impact on somebody else's life by just saying hi to another human being today by just asking somebody how they're doing and actually really caring when they tell you, right? And, you know, my life is blessed today. My friend Don, and I, if you check my bank account and all the other stuff, (laughs) you would say, how are you even surviving, right? But my friend Don, he says, you are the richest man in the world I know. I said, how's that? He goes, Mm because you have more faith than anybody I've ever met. Yeah, and the Bible says that, you know, wisdom, God's wisdom is more precious than all the rubies and jewels in the world. So I would agree with that. You know, and that's what I have to share with people today. And and I have to remember. And so that's why when he says, Rob, the guy that almost flunked high school because he couldn't pass English almost, I need you to write the books. I'm giving you the stories. And that's what I share with people. I said, these are all God's stories. He's just asking me to write them down. And then he's writing the asking the editor to make them sound good so people can read them and understand them. <laughs> proofreader, ask the cover designer to put this cover. By the way, is um, a place Beautiful. called Ford, Ford's Terror. Thank you. I actually took this picture. Oh wow! And the boat just happens to be named Serenity. It was okay. following this cruise ship that I was working on. And I took this picture and we're using pictures that I took. And I, again, I'm just an amateur photographer with a click in point thing, autofocus, blah, blah, blah. You just, but you just look at the, a pastor who I met once in my life a couple of years ago, texted me out of the blue right before he passed on, said, Rob, you really need to start using your photos in your books. It'll open up a whole new avenue for you. And so I started using pictures and, 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 and if I can end on this one for you, this, this just blows me away. Okay, people, especially drunks, alcoholics, drug addicts, we get stopped by police officers, we get pulled over, we get arrested. That happened to me on November 29th, 1992. I'm thinking this son of a gun guy, what's, you know, I was driving like a madman. Tiffany, the fact that I did not kill anybody my last night of drinking or myself is is beyond (laughs) imagination. I was I was just the most reckless human being on planet Earth. This guy pulls me over. I, of course, I think he's the biggest jerk on planet Earth, right? We know what's wrong with this guy ruining my life. I'm... A few months back, just before I turned 30 years sober, I was back visiting in Rhode Island. It was the celebration of my my dad's one year passing. And I get this thought, obviously from God, track that officer down and find him and thank him for saving your life that night. So... I go down the police department. I go, I know this guy's probably retired and stuff. I said, but, but um, I would like to get a hold of him if I can. How's this for a crazy story? The next day they call me and say, okay, we tracked the guy. We, we found his information. The guy who arrested you, we had to go through microfilm and all this because it was 30 years ago. 
His name is Robert. My name? Rob. Yeah. Goes by the name Bud. My dad was Captain Bud. Ends up moving into the town that I grew up in, goes into real estate. My mother was the biggest real estate gal in town. She ends up helping him to propel his career without either one of them knowing that he saved her son's life. Wow. I track, I call him on the phone because I found his number and I said, listen, I, I was going to come to your office. He says, yeah, we cl closed it when COVID happened. So I'm at my house now. I said, well, you're not going to let me over unless I tell you who I am. But I said, do you ever know a, a, this lady? And he goes, yeah, why? I go, that's my mom. That's your mom? I was like, yeah, <laughs> you saved her son's life. <laughs> and so I come over, this guy, he invites me to his house. He is as big as the starting tackle on your favorite football team. He is huge. What's with you meeting big guys on football fields? <laughs> like, you know, big guys. The story is in the book, and I, I think it, it might show up a little bit there. There you go. That's Robert. Yeah. And that's, right? Okay, so I share the story. I thank him. About a half an hour into our conversation, all of a sudden, this big, huge guy that, you know, could take on the world has tears in his eyes and he looks at me and he says you know what thank you for doing that and coming over here nobody ever does that mm. and God the, knew he needed that and the point is right is that god gave me a great thing to think about and i took action on it so when you ask me what do you want me to leave people with please every time you get a good thought in your head don't analyze it don't say, no, that doesn't make any sense. No, I, no, Tiffany wouldn't want to hear from me today, blah, blah, blah. And no, Tiffany wouldn't want me to send her flowers today, blah, blah, blah. That would be rude, blah, blah, blah. No, just do it. And because of that, I'm having the greatest experiences. And, and when I go back in a, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to give the, I get to give this man one of these books. And he has no idea that I put his picture to honor and glorify him in this book wow. so that other people can go do and, and whether you're mad at your police officer, your sister, your mom, your dad, today is the day to make that thing right. Today is the day to forgive them for anything that you're angry at them for, no matter how bad they've wronged you. Because if you look in the mirror, I'm promising you, you're probably going to start thinking of a few ways in which you've wronged some other people. And Jesus forgave every single one of us for every crazy thing that we've ever done, for any lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it is. He's forgiven us. He died for us. And all he asks me, Rob, and he asks you, wherever you are, just for me as an alcoholic, just don't drink today, Rob. Trust that I have it all taken care of. And then just go be a nice guy. Ugh. What a beautiful way to end this podcast. I'm, I hope you listeners out there are as inspired as I am. And I encourage you to reach out to, um, to check out Amazon to get his books. Um, the title of his book is down on the screen below. And we're also going to have all the links in the description box. I also encourage you to follow him on Facebook uh, so you can learn about everything that he's doing. And what's the name of this film again? Ah, a listen to this, a life of purpose. 
that is the name of the film that I'm going to be uh, shooting in a, in a few days with Dean Kane and Andy McClintock and some other incredible people. Natalie, the director and producer, just uh, an incredible group of people. So I felt honored when they called me. <laughs> and, uh, but like I said, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. When the, when we had our table, <laughs> we had our table read, and the director said, she 15 minutes later she wrote me an email. Rob, you are is the the character's name is Caleb. You are the perfect Caleb. Absolutely perfect. And I'm like, great, I'm playing a killer. <laughs> so we'll be able to learn when that when that film is out by following you on Facebook, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yes. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, yeah. Rob, for joining thank us. Thank you for today. having me. Anytime I can talk about Garden Inspire, man, I'm 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 all there. So thank you, Tiffany Haddon. Everybody, whoever wherever you're watching from, have a super blessed day. I feel that. Thank you, and we'll see you all on the next episode.